Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Big Picture Skiing Podcast. In this episode, we catch up with Brent Armsbury again, Master Boot Fitter. Brent is always a wealth of knowledge, everything to do with ski boots. And in this episode, we discuss a recent trend he's noticing in plastics, so you'll hear more about that. It's also fascinating to hear his trip over summer to Europe to go and source some more narrow wooden lasts. So these are handcrafted wooden lasts that go inside race boots and more narrow boots in order to get a more customized fit from the get-go. Anyway, I think it's a really cool one to check into as well as the stories he has about meeting this guy who creates these lasts and he fits people on the World Cup and some famous names you'll hear he's worked with. And so Brent got to see on the shelf all these different boots that had, uh, had modifications to uh, make make them longer, like you'll hear about how much room they get. It's because they downsize and pack their feet into really small boots, but then you know they need to punch the toes out. And he's got special tools, this guy in, in, in Austria, for doing that, carbon fiber modifications and additions. So it's quite interesting hearing that stuff from Brent. And then finally, we look at liner modifications as well. And he, he talks through what he's had to do for a couple of customers in order to get them comfortable and no numb toes and warm feet. I've got some exciting news as well before we get started on the show. Coming soon will be an app version of the Big Picture Skiing website. So all videos will be accessible on phone more easily, be able to download offline. You'll be able to join the community far more easily and it'll be just a one touch in and so you can be on the chairlift, in the coffee house, uh, checking those little pointers on what you need to do to help improve your moguls or your carving or your short turns. So look for that coming for this winter, the Big Picture Skiing app and all members will be able to get that. They'll, they'll go straight into it and I'm really excited about it. All right, without further ado, here's the chat with Brent. Armsbury. Brent, you were telling me that there's a recent trend towards uh, plastics in ski boots at the moment. What's yeah? What t- tell us what's going on. Yeah, that's right. Um, let's call it Back to the Future, right? A little bit. Um, about five years ago, there was a, a big movement towards lighter weight boots. Um, there were boots like the Lang Super Legera the head Nexolite, um, you know, a lot of the hybrid boots like the Fisher Ranger and the Cochise. I mean, there was this big sort of movement that everybody was trying to make something lighter weight. And they used a plastic called PA or polyamide nylon. And it this, this material was kind of cool. Like, oh, the Atomic Ultrahawks is a PA boot. It's a, it's a, it's a really lightweight plastic that's stiff. But um, when I skied some of these prototype boots about four or five years ago, one of the, the characteristics that I noticed about the boot was that it has this sort of ceramic-y, it's light, but a kind of a ceramic-y feel to it, and which means like it, if you hit it, it would make like a ting, like a tuning fork, and it skied like a tuning fork, like you could feel everything coming through these boots. Um, the softer the snow, the better they felt because the snow is like its own dampening tool, but the harder the snow, 
the more vibration you could feel coming through the boot. Like you could feel everything, everything the ski was transmitting, that boot was sending it right through to your foot. And you would think that's a good thing. Like, oh, I can feel everything, but there's good vibrations and there's bad vibrations. So like the good vibrations are the ones that kind of tell you, hey, there's stuff going on here. The snow's changing. The bad vibrations are the one that kind of make your teeth chatter, right? They're these high frequency vibrations that make you numb and make you feel like you're just buzzing. And these boots had a tendency to do that. And um, it seems like we've come full circle. And so the manufacturers have gotten like, oh, hmm, maybe this isn't the best skiing feel in the world. And so what, what is the material that, that really makes the boot feel snappy and alive and dampens out the bad vibrations but keeps the good vibrations? And it's PU, right? It's polyurethane, which we've been using for 40, 50 years, just new formulations. And so manufacturers, I feel the trend is we're going back to what we used before in new formulations, but um, it makes the boot feel more um, damp, yet snappy and alive. Um, and the boot just feels stronger and more progressive in its flex. So just to give you an example, right? So I get a pair of boots to go test last season and I've been skiing my head next to lights for a lot, like a PA boot and I get used to it. And then I get, Chuck these new boots, right? And they're made out of PU. Um, that previously their previous generation was this PA material. So that now I get a PU version and I chuck them on my feet and I go ski up at Snowbird and it's like transformative, right? Like you can do no wrong. The boots, super nice, progressive flex, super good edge hold. It's like, oh yeah, I've been missing that. Wow. That's cool. And so you can really see in the lineup of manufacturers that they're going back to PU. And so Dow Bello reintroducing PU in their boots. Uh, Fisher Ranger now made out of PU, right? A lightweight boot that now got heavier, but now skis way better. Um, you're seeing um, like other manufacturers kind of just stay with PU, like Lang and Nordica. They're like, wow, we've always been doing PU, but we're sticking to our guns. Um, the head formula, right? The replacement to the Nexolite went back to PU, right? So you're seeing these manufacturers creep back to the polyurethane that they have used for many years. And it, it's bringing the boot back to that more progressive, snappy, yet damp feel. And so, yeah, prices have gone up because PU is not the cheapest thing around. Neither was PA, but we've gone back to our roots. We've, we're going back to a simpler, more organic type boot in terms of the way it's built. Uh, no major gizmos, nothing super fancy, just a straight up PU boot like its World Cup counterparts, World Cup, yeah. you know, their cousins. And so I think it's better, right? I think it's better. Yeah. For, it for sort of sounds, <laughs> yeah, it makes me, uh, it's good because it makes me think that it's people, the manufacturers are thinking about the end result feeling 
like you said, not, not so many maybe features or all these bells and whistles, like how does it feel in the end? Because that's what we all love and, and you want, and the snow can change. So you don't want a boot that feels only like tolerable when it's perfect, soft, soft snow. Yeah. So, so yeah, and amazing like, how sensitive, like, you know, you said you tried the, the new version of it and you're like, oh, I can really feel it. Yeah, you could really feel it. I, I felt a lot more positivity with the with the product and and it's just kind of weird because you're you you're playing with previous generations that are supposed new innovation and it was, but it's like you just tip the needle a little too far towards this new lightweight innovative concept. And it just like, well, oops, we went too far. So now we got to pull the needle back to the middle and we're just going to have to just deal with the fact that boots are going to be a 50, 100 gram, 150 gram heavier, but they just ski better, right? Yeah. So yeah. like who cares about the 150 grams on each boot? Um, yeah. The touring world, that's a different story. But like in the Alpine world, it's okay to be a little bit chunkier and heavier because it just skis better. Yeah, nice. Okay? Yeah. Now, now this uh, this summer you also went to Europe. I did. And yeah. what was the purpose for that? Because you've come back with some new new toys, yeah. new new uh, new equipment for the shop. So, um, for many years, I've been using a wooden lasting system. It's like a the wooden shape. When you make a shoe, you have a shape. Um, and so, for a ski boot, it's it's actually a wooden inner shape of the boot. And for many years, I've been using these to, to widen out boots, to, to reshape the boot more like the, the customer's foot. But I had them in a wide version. It was really for the big, wide, chunky feet. And we've been really successful with these. And so I, I was like, man, do you make them narrower? Like, do you make these for like high performance, maybe even World Cup boots? And yeah, I did. I found somebody who makes them for World Cup racing boots and for narrow lasted high performance boots. And so I got a hold of the guy who distributes them, makes them and distributes them. And he only speaks German, right? He's a little shy about his English. And um, so I use Google Translate, I use my best German. And so I called him up and we got talking and uh, my wife's German, by the way. So um, I know enough German to clunk along in the language and so we had a little discussion he's like hey all right that's cool so uh okay i get you a bunch of these and a bunch of these i'm like hey um it's gonna be kind of expensive to ship these things um and i'd actually like to see where you make your lab like i'd like to see your outfit so why don't i go over, over there pick them up myself we can spend the afternoon talking about your cool stuff and um i'll put a pack them in and then i'll take them to where i need to get them shipped and it was a really fun experience. This guy, um, his name is Hubert. And Hubert, I found out, is one of the direct suppliers to many of the race rooms in the World Cup. So he makes tooling for Head, for Dalbello, for Nordica. Tech. I mean, he makes tools for race rooms. And so I went into his lab and it was like the most amazing place you've ever been to because he had... <laughs> He had boots from, um, you know, he had boots from Wendy Holdener. He had boots from Bodie Miller. He had boots from uh, Alex Pinterell. 
I mean, he had all these World Cup boots that the techs have thrown back. Like, ah, we don't use these anymore. Here you go. And I got to see World Cup boots in their final resting place and all the grinds and the shapes and the punches and all the crazy things that go on and the carbon fiber that they add and the lifters. And it's super cool. And it was really, really fun. And uh, I got to see things I hadn't really seen as much of before. And yet, and then at the same time, I got my really cool lasts. So I can take a uh, World Cup racing boot and now I can relast it. I can re -cha completely change the shape of a World Cup racing boot to be more anatomical in an organic way and less grinding, less punching. I can, I can get that foot shape in there um, closer to the, uh, the person's foot without going to extremes. So yeah, it's kind of cool. That's a, yeah. That's unreal. Have, have you, you've, you've used them a few times already with some. I have. Some yeah. World cup boots. Yep. Um, yeah. I put, I, I reshaped a few racing boots already and the results are really nice. I mean, we don't nice. have to, we just don't have to thin the shell out as much. We don't have to punch quite so hard and the boot just feels more organically naturally fitted as opposed to kind of classic tr traditional methods. And so yeah. Um, it's kind of cool. kind of a yeah. kind of a get around of like the the Fisher vacuum in a way like a just it a, is. different for, yeah, yeah yeah it's like and, Fisher vacuum but um, with a, a little bit more extreme approach right because we have to build up a simulation of your foot on a wooden form and then we got to cook that boot in an oven for 12 minutes up to 240 then I got to slip this whole thing inside buckle it down and it's got to cool for two hours yeah. So the plastic. And so, do you stick onto the wood? What do you stick onto the wood? Because it's probably got to be um, pretty firm. Yeah, we use hard cork. We use natural cork okay. that's hard cork, like cork board cork. And mm -hmm. so we stick it on there, shape it, right? And so we we take we take measurements of your foot and then pictures and then simulate all the little points that we need to push out. In, Love it. In a, in, yeah, and then build that on there, and so it's like a simulation of your foot, and it goes in reshapes the boot then it cools and then we pop it out you know do a foot bed or whatever and then maybe if we need to do it a little touch up it doesn't it doesn't take much with a grinding ball at that point it's like yeah. zip, 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 zip 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 you know align it cant it out the door goes and it's just very a more cool. organic process yeah very cool yeah. hey so back to back to hubert's uh <clears throat> workshop what what yeah. was maybe what was one thing you saw that was like a modification that was, whoa, I've not really seen that before or heard about this. And um, the modification that impressed me most was he's able to punch the toe box on a, a boot almost two sizes. Whoa. Yeah. So he can. So if you're punch, normally a 26.5, I'm normally a 26.5. He can make the boot almost narrow, a 28. Yeah. He can make yeah, it almost yeah. a 28. Wow. Yeah. So some of these World Cup boots, what they do is they downsize so much to get the fit really close that they, you've got to punch the toe box so your toes are hanging over the toe piece. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the way the racers want it. Like they want to be super tight and super yeah. anatomical. They use a nice thin liner, but they, they go so downsized, like they can't put the boot on in its regular way. So you punch the toe box 15 or 16 millimeters forward. You got to put lifters on 
so that when you mill it, it can hang over oh, the, the binding toe piece. The binding toe piece. Yeah. And he showed yeah. me a few of those. It's like it's ludicrously, right? And are you allowed to say yeah. whose yeah. names, like athlete? Mm. Um, I'm Maybe. not. I'm not going to. Okay. Okay. But um, we're going to protect the innocent. But okay. <laughs> but we. But what <clears> he showed <throat> me was many boots for some world head world cup athletes that this is what they do to punch the toe box uh, far enough so they can get in a small enough size yeah um and 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 i'm not saying that every any um every world cup athlete i mean he showed me some women's uh world cup athletes boots and they're not like that at all right like they just drop into them with a little grinding and some standard lifters mm -hmm. and they they bring the boot board down and set the ramp angle just very very standard right but then he showed me some pretty wild like whoa this is the way they like it and he has also every race binding in his inventory he has a he's a sample of every race binding so he can set it up and put the lifter on and test to make sure it meets the din clearance so it, it doesn't impact the toe piece so he's got a marker he's got the atomic he's got the look He's got every race binding out there available. And so he can test every one to make sure that he can talk to the race room tech and go, yeah, you just follow my method and it's going to do, and it's going to clear it. And it's not going to cause um, an interface problem on, mm -hmm. the, on the binding. So it was, it's super, super cool. It was, it was, That's it was very quite cool. enlightening. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I guess your point that like you don't need like the best people aren't necessarily customizing crazily. It's just if your foot is a little bit different and to make it work because you're quite narrow and you need to yeah. downsize, like there are ways around it to like this guy's kind of figured out. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. not every top athlete <clears throat> wants to downsize that much. I mean, it depends on how <clears throat> they fit, but there are some that just go, I need it so tight. I, yeah. I, I, this is this is the way I want to control my ski at 80 miles an hour. If you're serious about stepping up your skiing skills, listen up. I've been working closely with the Carve team for over four years, and they've just unveiled a groundbreaking feature, Active Coaching Mode. And here's the lowdown. Launch it at the top of your run and go through a quick calibration with 10 turns, and it sets a baseline just below your current skill level. From there, every turn is a challenge, adapting on the fly to your skill, terrain, and conditions. No fluff, just a gamified experience pushing you to ski better every turn. It does this by using a super thin insole lined with small pressure sensors and motion detectors. It's like having a personal coach analyzing your every move. And here's the sweet part. If you hit a hot streak with excellent form and you're in for double or triple points, it's addictive, rewarding. Like I said, it's a very gamified experience and it transforms every run into a step towards better skiing. If you're intrigued, and you should be, check out Carve and dive into active coaching mode. Just Google Get Carve to find out more, and as a bonus, enter code GELLY15 to take 15% off. It's amazing. I've heard from the Carve team that now nearly over a third of the users are using active coaching mode when they go out and ski with it. So why not give it a try yourself? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is my, this is where my brain wants to go. And so they're, you know, they're indulged that way. Right. Like they, yeah. they, they have to push the boots that far. 
again. What about what was some of the materials you mentioned? Carbon and stuff like that. Were that what were some of the other modifications they were doing there? Yeah, we definitely. I definitely saw some booths with you know with the with the carbon. They had carbon fiber backs, higher backs, um, to support some of the downhillers. Uh, when they come off a jump, they don't want to feel like the boots folding backwards on them. So they've um, they've got a carbon fiber a bolt on reinforcement in the back. They've got uh, reinforcement on the front. Um, he had some really cool 3D uh, 3D printed uh, reinforcements for the tongue as well. Um, so that you can reinforce the front shin of the boot so your booster strap can go through it and bring um, another plate up against your shin to generate more direct force over the ski. So these were prototypes he was playing with. Um, yeah, just little gadgets like that where it's reinforcing areas of the boot where, they're, where these racers are pushing things so far to the edge that they need these added reinforcements to to keep their stance in the best possible position when they're pushing when they're pushing boundaries yeah that's cool wow, what it's a cool trip that's yeah. Yeah. As, as a boot fitter that's like you're like you get this insight to to like what's happening right at that cutting edge like the formula one yeah it's f1 it's f1 for yeah. skiing it's it's, yeah. it's super cool and it's super fun excellent now you've had a couple of people recently come in for fits and they've been more on the, on the tricky end. I thought it'd be interesting to just share, like, you know, some people might not fit a ski boot very well, or you'll give an example of a lady with a really bad injury. Yeah. Do you want to go through maybe sure. talk about the, the lady first? Yeah. So we had uh, uh, an older lady uh, come in and she had experienced uh, a pretty traumatizing injury and it was like it was not like a car wreck or anything it was really simple so she was stepping up on a stool to reach something in a closet and when she stepped back down backwards she misstepped and came down her foot and she snapped it right and we call it, it's called a Liz Frank injury and she snapped the basically foot and folded in on itself and uh, pretty ugly, right? Like this is, you don't like it if you snap any body part in half. And that's what she did. She snapped her yeah. foot in half. Wow. Um, <clears throat> got, went to an orthopedic surgeon. Orthopedic surgeon did a fabulous job putting it all back together. And so the foot in the x-ray was just like, we're, you know, like all broken. <laughs> and then you see the new x-ray with it all after he's put it back together and it's been cast. And it looks super normal. Everything's normal. The problem was when she, she could walk on it, but to put that foot, to push it downward and to kind of twist it past that, you know, that, that entrance into the boot. Yeah. Yeah. Through yeah, that. Yeah. She yeah. was super scared. Right. And we took her old boot that's pretty worn out and she tried to put it on and she couldn't even get close. Like I was peeling it open and she couldn't get, into it as she started to cry right like just she was getting sad so like okay and so we tried on some new we didn't try them on we were trying to get her foot in some new concepts and new boots and um <clears throat> eventually we found a boot that i opened it up far enough and like i peeled the tongue open and she 
just barely got in with some tears coming out of her eyes and we got it on her and she's like oh i'm in oh geez okay um and so the light went off in her head like oh maybe i can put the boot on so i I went out and marked out some significant in-step modifications we tore the liner apart we restitched it back together with the ability to stretch it further open we cut out sections of the tongue. She, she had this big lump on the top from uh, from the healing part after the surgery. Um, we just made the whole boot way easier to put on. And so when we got it done, um, we went through a process of teaching her how to warm up the boot a little bit, how to push the tongue to a side. And it just, it opened it up like 30, 40% more room. And she put her foot in a little trepidation and then it just kind of slipped in and dropped. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to ski. This is the greatest thing ever. Woo-hoo. You know, nice. she puts a boot buckle. She kind of dances around the room a little bit. And she's like almost crying with joy. And so we, you know, we took somebody who was basically faced with like, it's over, right? I'm never going to put a, a regular ski boot on and got her to be able to put a ski boot on. And so she's back, right? She's back. She doesn't have high expectations. She's not going to go rip around the mountain hardcore. Uh, she's not going to look like you, Tom. Okay, uh, <laughs> but she's definitely going to get back up and she's going to get skiing and she's going to do it on her terms and no longer feel like she's impaired and yeah. she's disabled. Right? Mm-hmm. She's a normal human again, and I think that's what's kind of that's exciting to see and it's it's really enriching. Right? Yes. It's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's powerful, and so she gets engaged in the sport again. And, and, and we didn't put her in a rear entry boot, right? We didn't just go, oh, yeah. here's this rear entry sloppy thing. We're like, we yeah. just kept her in a two-piece standard boot that she likes the performance because she still wants to feel like she's a skier. And yeah. we got there. That's cool. cool. Yeah. When, when you talk about like uh, unstitching the tongue because you're talking about another guy who had some circulation sort of issues, really high end step, just couldn't couldn't get it a boot to fit with a couple of different boot fitters you had to go into that into some tongue surgery yeah yeah how, how does that work as you how's your sewing skills um the hand sewing skills are getting <laughs> more and more uh practice but we essentially take and disassemble the liner around the tongue area i've actually got a boot here and so um what if you look close enough there's this elastic area and there's this, this cover, there's this cover plate right here and elastic. And usually they're, they're very tightly stitched and that's done for a reason. And um, when you bring those overlaps of the liner together in a tight way, it holds the instep down and keeps the heel from rising. So it's designed to keep your foot down and keep the heel back and keep the performance of the boot. But if you have this really tall arch, this really high instep, this material can't stretch far enough and it keeps the liner completely bound over the top of your foot. And so what we'll do is we'll actually cut all the stitches away from that cover panel and remove the elastic. And when you do that, the liner goes from like this to this. It just opens it up. So when that high arch goes in there, the liner just parts, the C parts, and the liner moves away from each other and allows that instep 
to fit much taller in the boat. And then we harvest the elastic. So we go back in, make it shorter and restitch in the elastic so the tongue doesn't come flying out when you try to put yeah. the boot on. It keeps just enough tension in the tongue that it doesn't come out of the boot. And um, it, but it fit, allows the fit to expand over the top of the foot. And then we do some other tongue modifications as well to take it away from critical nerve lines, critical arterial lines that can make the foot numb. So it's not just that, but it's just some other things that we do. But when we put it all back together and the customer puts it back on, it's a revelation, right? Mm, what yep. was feeling like a bone crusher over the top of the foot feels like this very spacious, you know, arch contoured, you know, boot. And so you can yeah. keep them in a, in a two buckle, a not two buckle, a two piece boot that generally doesn't provide that type of space and you can get them in it and you, you can get them comfortable. So. Very cool. And then yeah. like another, another surgery I know in liners and I mentioned liners because perhaps someone's gone with their wide foot and they've stretched this shell out, but then it still feels tight on that sixth toe and across the forefoot and often can be the liner. And, and so you've talked about the, the instep part. Do you also go in and ever change like the base part of the liner? Do yeah. you want to discuss that? Yeah, so the bit you can do that too. Sit on. Right. So um, the base of the boot, there was just recently um, a buddy of mine from the UK and he, he displayed his work where he actually goes in and he cuts the bottom and slices it, you know, vertically lengthwise. And so he expands it open and he can backfill it with a wedge right, to keep it open and allows the, the liner to become significantly wider than it was. This, this outsole on the bottom of the boot is very firm material. It's, yeah. It doesn't stretch. No. And so <clears throat> it, it holds it narrow. You can make the plastic really wide, but the liner still this, like, it's like a tourniquet, you know, it's like, it's still binding your foot. And so until you release the tension, and allow that liner to open up, um, you won't get the benefits of all the plastic work you did. And so once you release the tension and open it up, and he did a really nice job, beautiful back filling with some material. And so it just made the boot just way wider. Like if that's a D width, it's a triple E now. And yeah. the foot just, just could spread across the bottom of the boot. And so we can do that uh, really, you know, he's a great boot fitter in the UK, um, really super nice guy. Um, his name's Colin, by the way. And, and he did this beautiful work and just, you know, uh, got it nice and wide for this, for this athlete who needed it right away. Yeah. So those are, yeah. those are some of these miracle things we can do with the liners to really fit difficult wide feet, um, difficult high arches and things like that. So um, the liner can be our playland, right? We can, we can do a lot of things with the liner. Um, uh, to to improve the fit we've got there's another great fitter out in Pennsylvania his name's Billy Billy Kaplan and he does amazing liner work he has um, a half a dozen industrial sewing machines and he can actually completely disassemble a liner and put it back together um, wow. get around the shape of your foot so there's some cool things that boot fitters are doing out there that I think a lot of people don't know about that there's there's some really cool craftsmanship um, that's possible with you know top level career boot fitters 
that we that we can do to to get you fit in a boot, um, even if you think it's if it's that it's not possible and all is lost. Yes, yeah, it's nice to hear. I I I can remember someone doing that for a pair of boots of mine as well, and I was like, what you you're cutting the bottom of it, and then they and then they spread it out and then kind of duct taped it to keep mm -hmm. it yeah yeah, yeah. In, in that width and it was yeah a remarkable difference in in how my foot felt just by changing that sole yeah. piece of the liner right it released the tension mm. like you just went mm. to this nice natural feel in the boot yeah yeah so brent to to kind of wrap up anything um anything more you're excited about you seem like you've got some some new staff in the shop this season and you've got your new the, the new tools I, I think there's going to be some people yeah. probably with their narrow race boots running to to come see you now um yeah anything else you're excited about to, to test oh maybe that's right you said you've got a new pair of boots yeah um i've got some new head core boots coming um i'm on the quest for that magical uh crossover boot uh, <laughs> um i'm gonna go ski in japan in january so oh, really? I'm looking, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take two weeks off and go look for some Japao. I hope it's awesome. still there when I get there. Uh, but I'm looking for kind of a that Alpine crossover boot because we're going to do some touring while we're there. Um, so we're going to go to Ferrano, um, use the lift access to get into the backcountry. Then we're going to whip out the skins and you know do some laps in the in the in the PAL. Um, so I'm you know I got some new head cores uh, coming that is the base off the new formula shape. I tried it on last year uh, when they had some demos out. I really like the feel of the boot. It's just um, in the 120, a little wider, a little softer, um, just kind of felt like a good compromise between um, a performance Alpine boot and a boot that was just lightweight enough to be able to do a little touring in. Um, not looking to do some major ascents, but something that, I mean, if I, I got to ski back inbounds, it's gonna perform inbounds, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but it's also going to perform really well uh, backcountry as well. So um, I'm looking forward to see if that boot delivers. So, yeah, excellent. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is this the first trip to Japan? Yes, it is. Oh, awesome. Never been there. Awesome. <clears throat> okay. Well, I look forward to hearing your report back on it. Yeah, that's it's fun. Good food. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks very much again for this sort of. Uh, catch up it's always good to hear from you and sure. loved Look, hearing some of the good insights to see you on too it. yeah yeah thanks a lot hubert especially that was that that was cool <laughs> maybe off air we, you can give me a few more little secret insights <laughs> we'll thanks a lot brent thanks for joining us on another episode of the big picture skiing podcast hope you found that interesting and tune into the next episode. Just remember, if you haven't seen it yet, check out bigpictureskiing.com. And remember, there is a new app version for iOS and Android coming very soon, which will make access and learning and improving your skiing even more easy. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye. Some of you may already know that I've been advising Carve and working with the team for some time now. And this year, the team has come up with probably some of the most exciting developments to date. They've been working on representing the most fun parts of skiing in their system. They've developed three brand new metrics, progressive edging, early weight transfer, and one that measures the G-force in a turn. 
And that one, I have to say, I got to try it out this winter in Australia, and that is really fun. This new edition is going to be incredible for anyone who's looking to really push their skiing up a notch. Now, what's even more interesting for this year is the system now detects what terrain you're on and pulls that into your ski IQ score. This is a huge change and a great upgrade because sometimes it would only really score well if you were skiing on perfectly groomed snow. Now it's going to accommodate and adjust whether you're skiing in steeper slopes, more chopped up snow or firmer snow. So this is a very big change that I think is massive kudos to the team to keep pushing and progressing the app even further. If you're the kind of skier that is looking for a tool to help push your technique that little bit further, then you should definitely check out what Carve can do. Use the code GELLIE15, that's G-E-L-L-I-E-1-5, to get 15% off for the next two weeks.